Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin. And my guest today is a multimedia artist, Mr. Tay Butler. Thank you for joining me. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me, man. Man, first of all, you, we, we're doing this under some different circumstances. So considering the, everything going on, how you doing? I'm, I'm doing as good as, as can be. You know, luckily for me, I haven't had any... Um, deaths in the, in the family or any major complications due to this pandemic. I did have a, a close family member test positive, uh, but he recovered right away. So, you know, it wasn't a, a big, big thing where it was really affecting the family uh, too crazy. Um, everybody's working, at least right now. Um, everybody's healthy. So, you know, we're just trying to wait this thing on out, man. Okay, good to hear. Now, when did you discover you had a real talent for art? Um, it, it probably early, probably early. I, I I can remember drawing pictures as early as elementary school, and you know, just little stuff that I would make, and you know, my my mother or grandmother would, you know, they always think everything you do is good. But I would say it, it really got serious um, in middle school when I realized that I was the person that wasn't going outside. You know, if it wasn't basketball, all I, all I really wanted to do was draw. And that was like my main art making at that time. I was doing a lot of drawing. I would collect these basketball cards and draw basketball cards and I would... Uh, I don't know if you remember the Magic Johnson t-shirts when they would have all these artistic uh, draw, uh, you know, paintings or graphic drawings of like Michael Jordan and Sean Kemp and Isaiah Thomas and whatever, whatever. So I would redraw those on like large posters and markers. And um, so, yeah, I can remember as far back as that, you know, there's, there's always one to create something. Did you did you share like these joints with your friends in the neighborhood and things like that? Nah, not really. I, I never really been much of a, a, a extrovert. You know, I've always been introverted. You know, I was popular enough to be cool and and you know whatever. But um, you know, the only people that really knew I could do this was my mom, my my grandmother. Uh, my close homies in school. That's that's probably about it. I I didn't, you know, looking back, I didn't broadcast what I could do. People just knew because they seen me doing it. And you know, if we went to school, you knew that was something that I was doing. You knew that was something I was good at. Uh, I was always the dude that drew um, pictures of people, right? So um, we just be sitting in class or chilling, and I'll draw a picture of somebody in class and so I would keep everything and people wouldn't be able to see it but they'll know that I did it and they'll look at it so everybody kind of knew that that's what I was good at. So you said you would keep it but they they wouldn't see it? Nah they wouldn't they wouldn't see it It, unless (laughs) unless it was like a a, a, you know unless it was for a young a young lady that I was trying to you know swoon you did I, I, I would maybe draw her something or, or, or recreate her in some type of way, but nah, not too much, man, which, which is kind of weird, right? Like you drawing, you would think that everybody, you know, everybody know I could draw, so you would think that I would be 
you know, somewhat getting, you know, quote unquote commissioned and people would be like, draw me this and draw me that. But it never was really like that. It was more like people would just see me drawing and that was just that, you know what I'm saying? So who were some of the artists um, that inspired you? <clears throat> um, I don't know. You know, I always say that, you know, I, I came around to the art world late. You know, I changed my whole life in, in 2015 and, 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 and went on this path of actually being an artist, you know, that being my career. Um, but prior to that, you know, I, had, I, I never thought that I could do this because I never had any examples of that. I never had anybody around that was an artist or I never studied artists or I, had, I never had somebody pushing me towards artists. Everything that I was doing was strictly intuitive and it was, it was coming to me, you know, through my own instincts. It wasn't nothing that I was really watching. I can't say that I grew up looking at this person or that person. You know, I probably was in my 20s before I could name some artists. You know what I'm saying? Um, I would say that art really became important outside of what I was making uh, through music. And that was, that was really the first time that I started to really, really pay attention to who was making the things that we look at, who's making the stuff that we listening to, who's making the stuff that we watching. Um, <clears throat> And so I, I believe it or not, I, I would I would call the Wu Tang Clan my original artistic, um, you know what what's the word I'm looking for? Like not mentors, but like my inspirations. You know what I'm saying? Those are the people that those are the people that I seen. It was like okay, they're doing something in a way that is theirs, and and they're they're expressing themselves in a way that that belongs to them. And that was the first time I, I felt like I seen something where people were like really just doing what they wanted to do. And that to me was the inspiration. Like how do you how do you get what's in your mind and your body out? You know what I'm saying? So what was it about the Wu Tang clan? Because that's that's they are a bunch of they are really different and unique. But what was it about them that drew you in? So like I'm from I'm from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and I'm from you know the Midwest, and and we had a lot of influences, but we didn't. It's not like the East Coast where you had a specific way of doing things, and it's not like the South where you have a specific way of doing things, or even the West. We was doing a little bit of everything, so we was taken from all of y'all, right? So most of the people in the Midwest come from the South, black people at least. And so you have that Southern, uh, you have some of those Southern mannerisms, but then everything that's cool and hot is coming from the East. So we take in some of, some of that, but then, you know, everything that's, that's hard and, and whatever else is coming from the West. So we take in some of that. And so the Midwest has always been like a, a mixing pot for all of that. Right. And so, um, I remember Snoop and, and, and I, I was a big, like Spice One and MC8 fan and, um, all of that kind of stuff, right? Too short. I, I remember, uh, or it was like 
super East Coast. So I'm a, I'm a, everybody who know me know I'm a stand for Nas, right? Like I named my son <laughs> Nas. And, um, you know, so if it wasn't Nas or, or Mob Deep or somebody like that, you know, I, I really didn't want to hear it. But even when you think of all of those people, they were very, they were very familiar. Like they were familiar. Like you, you wore those types of clothes, you know, you idolize drug dealers, you, you chasing girls, you, you live in a street life. All of that was familiar. Cause you know, I knew, I knew hustlers. I knew people who hustled. They was all around me. The Wu-Tang was the first time you seen something was like, I don't know what the hell that is, but I like it. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what all this Kung Fu stuff is, but I like it. I don't know what this slang means. I don't know what old earth means. I don't know what call me back at the God hour means. I don't know what that means, but, but that shit is dope. You know what I'm saying? And the way y'all wearing stuff is crazy. And, and the way y'all designing stuff is crazy. These videos is crazy. Y'all voices is crazy. Like that was the first time I just was blown away by people doing stuff that I don't even understand. And, and that was to me, that was inspirational to me. Yeah. What are some of the parallels of being a musician? And see, I want to make sure I say it right, because a musician is an artist too. So when I say right. it, what's the what's the parallels of being like a musician and an artist? Yeah, I, I talk about this all the time that it's all expression, you know. Um, you know, I'm in a I'm in a I'm in school and so we're doing a lot of talking about purpose and we're doing a lot of talking about theory and we're doing a lot of talking about um, you know, what are you trying to convey when you do this and do that and say this and say that. Um so whether it's art, whether it's music, whether it's film, whether it's, you know, literature, it's all expression. It's all you having an idea that you feel is a contribution to what's already been contributed and, and you want your turn to contribute. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's, all, that's all it is. That's the main parallel between all of this. So even though I'm not active right now in making music, I, I am you know, because I'm making art. And that's, that's really no difference. It's no different if I put something in a collage or I put something in a photograph or if I write 16 bars. It's the same structure, same idea. It's the same message I'm trying to get through to you. It's just a different canvas. You know what I'm saying? Now you said you you said you're not writing music currently, but you, I mean, you, you're definitely active with the art. Has has being an art like doing art has that actually inspired you to want to do music more? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, you know, I, I was I was active in the music lane. I say from about two thousand and three, two thousand and three to um. 20, I guess 2015 is when I kind of just kind of haven't touched it since. And so, so that sounded like a long time, right? But 2003, I was, I was just back in Milwaukee, me and my brother uh, from out your way, Shane Bell, SB, 
uh, we was making these little, you know, kitchen mixtapes and, and, and my homeboy B. Wright's um, basement. And, you know, it was a, a small thing. It was just us expressing ourselves. You know, we was using other people beats, you know, making, making little freestyles and conceiving these projects. And, and it was cool. And then um, it, it went up a notch when I came back from overseas. This was around 2006. Um, I got with some homies in Milwaukee uh, named Umbrella. And, and they was doing their thing on the, on the local scene. And so it went up a couple of notches. And so around 2008, I put out a project that, um, you know, it, 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 it got me a little local notoriety or whatnot. It wasn't, you know, a big thing, of course, but, you know, it was cool for people to know that I, I do this, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm making music. And, and it, was, it was cool. It was, it, was, it, was, it was decent, you know what I'm saying? Um, and then I just kept making stuff. And then around 2014, me and my brother has, we, we made two projects called uh, Silvies and House Shoes. And, um, and, and it got a lot of attention, you know, as far as like online. But this was right before like, you know, this is right in the middle of the blog era, but this is right before this, this lo-fi instrumental abstract rap era that we in right now so we was actually a couple years too early you know with the music that we was doing because um, people really wasn't trying to they weren't trying to hear what they what they thought was kind of like wu-tang rap you know what i'm saying like just a loop a, a beat with no drums and you know two long verses and that's it you know what i'm saying but now that's what everybody doing you know what i'm saying so um so anyways, I'm I'm doing art now, but I'm I'm feeding my mind like never before. Like I'm reading a book a week. I'm studying all this black history. I'm, I'm I've completely changed. I've converted to Islam. I've done all these things that I want to talk about now. But I'm I'm talking about it through the artwork, right? But sure, absolutely. Like, you know, like Jay Electronica just dropped his project. I was I was writing that night. That night I was like, maybe it's time, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and um, but you know, who knows? We, you know, me and has been talking about maybe doing one thing, doing one last thing. Uh me and SB been talking and trying to figure out how can we make one last contribution. Um, you know, we'll we'll see how it go. So let me ask you this, because you you mentioned you're an introvert. And a lot of introverts that I've come across are super talented, like really talented. Yeah. Um, do you, was there ever a point, because you said you was getting a little buzz. Was there ever a point where you was kind of fearing getting a little too big and, and not really wanting to be in that, that limelight? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, that's, that's one of the biggest reasons why I never really did nothing more with the music because I, I never wanted to be a rapper. I never wanted to be famous. I, I don't, I hate performing. I don't want to be on stage performing. I, I don't, I don't care for all the extra stuff that comes with making music. I don't care about marketing. I don't care about having a stylist and doing videos. I don't want to do none of that. 
I just want to, the best part of making music for me is to get a beat and to be challenged to, <clears throat> excuse me, to be challenged to make something to that beat. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the best part of music for me. Like when, when Haz or, or one of my homies send me something and it sound good and I just play it all night. And then I start writing little lines, little couplets here and there. That's, that's, that's when I feel creative. That's when I feel like an artist. Once the song is done and I've written it, all that other shit is terrible. I hate all of it. I hate all of it. I hate going to record it. I hate when it's recorded and I got to find somebody to mix and master it. When it's mixed and mastered, I need to figure out how to distribute it. Once, once I get a place to distribute it, how do I market it? I hate all of that. You know what I'm saying? Um, and even worse than that, I hate the idea of being famous. I, I have no, most people want to be famous. I don't want no parts of, of people judging and critiquing every little thing I do with a fine tooth comb. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to ask you something. I don't know if you listen to um, a lot of podcasts and stuff. Have you ever heard um, Andre 3000 podcast? It's not a podcast, but he interviewed on a podcast. Yeah, with Rick Rubin? Yes, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I I couldn't help but think about him when you was talking about, like, being critiqued and, like, somebody critiquing your work. Is it different? Is it different? Um... Because you talk about it from the music point, but what about what your like your artwork? No, nah, so so different? so what I mean is, um, so this came up with J Electronica, right? Like people mad at J Electronica taking so long to put this project out, and then he puts it out and it's full of Jay Z, and then he's talking about in certain songs of how he he's putting all this work and this blood, sweat, and tears into this music for you to listen to it and, and tell me it's trash in, in, in two days. Um, that's part of art. I'm cool with that because that's how it is in the art world. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm totally cool with me spending hours pouring over a collage and then I put it on a wall and you say, no, nah, it's not working for me. Like that's, that's a part of art, right? Um, when I talk about critique, I'm talking about people critiquing your real life. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about um, take Jay, take uh, Dave Chappelle, for instance, right? And so in these hypersensitive days, everything you do, every joke you tell, every tweet you send out, you know, I'm watching Sports Center on mute right now, and they keep talking about this Mississippi State coach who disappointed so many people because he tweeted uh, – a wife making a noose for her husband in quarantine. And I'm like, that is so meaningless. That means nothing. You know, it, it, it may have offended some people. It may have, but, you know, y'all acting like he really, really did something. It was a tweet. And, and that's where we at these days where you really can't do anything. You know what I'm saying? Um, that's what I'm talking about. I don't want no parts of that. I want to be able to tweet and, and post on Instagram with impunity. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, I can be, I, I'm cool with being judged and having my um, work 
you know, critiques. Cause, cause like I say, that's a part of the game and that's, that's how you get better. It, when, when a critique is constructive, you know, that's cool. That's what it's supposed to be. Uh, it's when cats be just hating for no reason that, you know, but you know the difference between that. You know what I'm saying? Do you really? Yeah, I think so. Like, I hate to keep bringing up Jay Electronica, but you know, if, if you listen to Jay Electronica album and, and you just, you don't even give it a chance. You just say it's trash cause, cause of this and your, your opinion's not even, you know, reasonable then, you know, that's hate. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's not even, you're not critiquing it. You know, if you say, Hey, I just didn't like the project. The beats didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't feel the production. Um, you know, this bar in particular wasn't, wasn't working for me, blah, blah, blah. And that's, that's different. That's, that's a critique. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But when you just send in slander just for the sake of, of shock value, that's, that's hate. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So basically if you can, if, so when basically when you can articulate why you don't like something, then that's more respectable. Or at least, or at least have a, a foundation for it. Right. Like, Sometimes you just don't know why. Sometimes it just you just don't like it. Um, I'll give you an example, right? So for whatever reason, um, one of my homies, one of my homies say he just can't get into uh chance the rapper. Um and he just he just can't understand why. He 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 likes what he stands for, he likes his production. He thinks that he can rap, but he, he just can't get into it. And it's, it's, he just can't understand it. Maybe it's, maybe it's the voice. Maybe, it's, maybe he feels like he's corny. Maybe he doesn't like his choice of genes. I don't know what it is. <laughs> he, ju- he just can't. He just can't get into Chance the Rapper. And so sometimes you can't articulate it. Sometimes you just don't know why somebody don't work for you. Um, but but again, that's different. That's totally different from just slandering the cat. Like, like, you know, we we love to say something is trash, and I do it all the time. But usually, I'm joking. It's, it's very rarely that I'll, I'll listen to somebody's art or look at somebody's art and just boom, right off top, trash. You know what I'm saying? I'm a, I'm gonna tell you what's not working for me. I'm gonna tell you, and if I can't tell you, then I'm gonna say here's what works for me and here's what this person isn't doing. And, and maybe that's it. You know what I'm saying? Okay. You, you mentioned that you traveled over um, in the military. You actually did some time overseas, correct? Yeah. Did, how did that, how did that influence the artwork that you create? Um, I don't think, I don't think my military time did. I, I you know, a lot of people don't know that I retired you know, 21 years from the military. Um, you know, I, I, I really compartmentalized it and kept it totally separate from my, you know, creative life. Um, I would say the only thing that, that maybe it carries over is in, um, is in me just understanding that the world is bigger. You know what I'm saying? The world is bigger than, than your little world. The world is bigger than Milwaukee. And that's why I had to, you know, get out of Milwaukee. The world is bigger than, than America. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and when you don't get out of where you're from, it's hard to see that, you know? And then social media 
it's supposed to make the world bigger, but it doesn't. It makes the world smaller. And, um, you know, people are looking at the whole world through their little phone and, and they don't realize that people is, is living very different lives in different places. Because um, you have to go experience that. You know what I'm saying? You have to go experience that. I experienced, you know, Kosovo, Kuwait, Iraq, um, Germany. You know, I've experienced these places. And, you know, when I come back to my city, you know, it gives me a different outlook. It makes me look at it totally different. You know what I'm saying? So did you want it? Because you, you said you kept them separate. Was that like, did you make a conscious effort to keep them separate or? Yeah, I, I, you know, it was it was just a job for me. You know, I'm, I'm not going, I don't want to minimalize it because, you know, a lot of people have lost their lives in the military. And for a lot of people, the military is a way of life. Um, it certainly wasn't a way of life for me. It, it was it was a job. I, I, out of high school, I had two Division three basketball offers. Um, in St. Louis, and I chose to go to the Army instead. And to this day, I never understand why I chose that, uh, but I did. And I'm glad I did, because I don't think I was really ready. All I was going to do was chase girls anyway. So, you know, it was good. I, I definitely think about it sometimes, like, it would have been cool to be a, a college athlete for a little minute. Um, but yeah, man, I graduated. I, I got into the army after that, and I've been in ever since, up until last July. I re retired last July. And how did you arrive at that decision? Because you, you, I mean, that's a that's a different. In my opinion, it's difficult to turn down three scholarships, but you did, and you chose to do the military. Like, what made you lean more in that direction? I can't even tell you, bro. I, I really, <laughs> I, to this day, I don't. I'll never understand that, 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 I'll never understand that decision. My uncle, when I told my uncle, and when he, when my mother told him, I'll never forget, he told me, he looked me in my face and he said, oh, you got a head on your shoulders. And I never knew what that meant. I never knew what he meant by that. Um, and we've never talked about it since, but I, I always remember that because, he must have seen something. He must have knew that, like that was a very mature decision. Um, my my thinking was, hey, I can go to this school. You know, they may pay for me to go. Um, I may play ball, but am I mature enough to make the most out of it? Um, for for whatever reason, I knew that I needed some discipline, and I don't know why I chose the military, but I did. So what happened was, you know, I used to go to the to the to the Dean Park. It's a park in Milwaukee. And I used to go up there in the summer and just hoop. And <clears throat> so, you know, I'm up there one day hooping, and it's this older guy in an army shirt and he killing. And, you know, I just thought it was weird because he kept wearing his army shirt every day. And uh so he uh he came, he didn't say nothing to me. He came again came again the next week, didn't say nothing to me. He came again the next week and I watched him leave and he got into this nice truck. And so little to my knowledge, he was working me the whole time. You know what, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, now I know better now, but he was, he was running game on me the whole time. He's smart. 
So he he knew that he wasn't gonna try to approach me right away. He was just gonna let me see. He was gonna let me see Peep Gang. So he go this older cat, he hooping, he in good shape, he got muscles, you know what I'm saying, tattoos, he got a nice truck. Uh he asked me if I wanted to ride one day, because I used to just catch the bus up there. And um, or actually I used to walk from my grandmother's house. So he gave me a ride um a couple blocks down. And uh, and so he took me to his crib. You know, this is back in the days where it was cool. You can go to somebody's crib, you don't know. Um, so he took me to his crib. He had a he had a nice little crib like around the corner from the park. Um, he was like, "Hey, man, you know, I don't know what you got planned." You know, I told him I was thinking about going to school to hoop, and he was like, "Well, look, if that don't work out, you know, holler at me." And uh, gave me his car, and that was it. And so. I don't know. It was like a couple of weeks later, I hit his line, and next thing you know, I was signed up, man. <laughs> so he actually was a recruiter. Yeah, he was a recruiter, man. Because <laughs> normally they got the sedans. That's why when you say the truck, I'm like a truck. Nah, he wasn't even. He was on his civilian shit. He was. He was at the park. He had an army shirt, but he wasn't in like PTs. He wasn't in a military uniform. Um. You know, looking back, he, now that I've been in the military, I know he was a military type, but I, I had never I had never known nobody in the military except my uncle. So I didn't know what a military type was. I didn't know what you look like when you were in the military. Was this and the so, same uncle that said you had a good head on your shoulders? Yeah, so my uncle who who told me I had a good head on my shoulders, he, he did uh, four, I think he did three or four years in the Army. Um, but he got kicked out. He was on some, you know, some bullshit. Uh, but yeah, he he yeah he he was working me the whole time, man. Wow. I mean, well, I mean, it, 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 we can't say too much. I mean, you know, you did your, you actually said you retired last year, so um, I'm sure it provided you a good, stable lifestyle. So I mean, things could have went worse. <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? I, I, I always trip. Like, I wonder if I would see him today and told him, hey, man, you remember you got me in 1998. I retired last year. He'd probably trip out. Yeah, I think he would because, I mean, you know, you never really expect nobody to do the whole tw- – was that your plan to do? I'm sure. I can't say I'm sure, but I don't think you went in with the mindset of doing 20. No, nah, I was falling out. I was – I got my little $10,000 bonus. You know what I'm saying? I I blew it on a uh I blew it on my chick at the time. I got a couple of nice pair of shoes. Uh I think I got a uh nice little video game system. I got a little gold chain. Um <laughs> got a couple bottles of mad dog and I was straight. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was straight. And uh and I was like foeing out. Foeing out, I'm finna do this foe. I'm finna um you know, get this money. I might get out and go back to school because that was the plan. It was like, okay, I'm going to do this four years. They're going to give me that money. And then I'm going to go back to school. And, and that's, and that's what I did. But then I ended up not finishing and then coming back to finish all these years later. Wow. Well, Hey, look, man, (laughs) at least you you did it. So thank you for your service and congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) For sure, man. Appreciate it. Now, I, I wanted to finish off with a word I learned from watching Charlotte's Web. 
<laughs> what would you consider your magnum opus? Yeah, you you had mentioned that. Um, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't think I made it yet, but I, I feel like I feel like right now my my magnum opus, if I you know had to choose one, you put a pistol to my head and made me choose one, I would have to say this project that I've been working on um since around 2016, where I make these collages out of uh pictures from Milwaukee and then also like found photographs and stuff I tear out of magazines. And it's called Remigrant and it's about um my family and how we have moved from alligator mississippi to milwaukee and then a lot of us have left milwaukee and went to other places so my mother um three of my brothers live in los angeles uh my brother underneath me lives in nashville tennessee my sister my grandmother still in milwaukee they they going back and forth thinking about leaving or whatnot. Um, I'm in Houston, Fayetteville for now. Um, so, you know, I'm thinking about the great migration, right? I'm thinking about black people leaving after World War One. you know, that first wave of, of black people leaving the South and going East, West and Midwest. And then the second wave. But now since about the eighties, it's been a re-migration where black people are leaving definitely leaving the Midwest and they leave in certain pockets of the East and the West Coast and coming back to the South. Because one, that's where all the Black people are. Two, that's where the largest Black middle class is. And, and three, it's more diverse than these other places. Um, so yeah, we, we right in the middle. I shouldn't say the middle, but we somewhere in this, in this re-migration. And so that's what my project is about. It comprises of collages. I've made videos um, up until uh, Big Rona took a hold of the world. Uh, I had a I had a trip to Alligator, Mississippi, plan to do some studying of my family's history. Um, I'm gonna have to po postpone that and do it at a later time. But um, yeah, man, it's by the time I'm done, it's gonna be a lot of work. Uh, a lot of lot of research, a lot of interviews, a lot of collages, a lot of videos, and um, I hope it just you know brings some attention to Milwaukee. I hope it brings some attention to Alligator, Mississippi, and I hope it provides a, a steady foundation for my family so that we can keep building upon it. You know what I'm saying? Is is you got a, maybe a soft date on when you hope it'll be done? Nah, nah. I'm just working and working. This will probably be one of the things I'm working on for years. You know what I'm saying? Um, <clears throat> you'll, you'll see people, you know, fine artists who work on a project for 10 years, 15 years, you know? So I, I definitely see myself working on this project for an extended period of time. Um, it's gonna take a few trips to Alligator, Mississippi to, to get what I need. Uh, it's gonna take a lot more interviews. It's gonna take a lot of photography. It's gonna take, you know, it's gonna take a lot, man. So I'm definitely not putting no date on it. It's, and and as I'm making stuff, I'm showing it. So I've shown all of the collages so far. Um, <clears throat> I haven't shown the video yet, other than a couple of close friends. 
I've shown um, a few of the photos. And like I say, I haven't been to Mississippi yet. So, so as I make stuff, I'll show it. But um, it'll be a while before it's all done, for sure. Okay. Well, again, man, uh, I truly appreciate you taking the time to do this. It's been an honor and a pleasure getting to talk to you and have a conversation about all the great things you're doing. And also, thank you for your service to the uh, country, and we truly appreciate you. Yes, sir, man. I appreciate you for having me on, man. Thanks for looking out. All right. Thank you. And I want to thank everyone who took the time to listen to this episode of, the Com of Conversations with Lant, and you all have a great day.